Welcome to another episode with Coach Kathy. Today I want to go back into my vault of interviews that I had done way back in June. And this one is a special one. I had some audio problems with it, but finally I got it done. And it's an episode that I'm excited to share with you. I have a special guest with me. The New York Times has called him a rock star who knows everything about social media and then some. I'd like to introduce you to Peter Shankman. He's a five-time best-selling author, entrepreneur, and corporate keynote speaker, focusing on customer service and the new and emerging customer and neurotypical economy. With three startup launches and exits under his belt, Peter is recognized as worldwide for radically new ways of thinking about customer experience, social media, PR, marketing, advertising, and even ADHD. He is the host of the podcast, Faster Than Normal, focusing on the superpowers and the gifts of having faster than normal brain, which has helped thousands of people around the world realizing that a neurodiverse brain is actually a gift and not a curse. So it is my pleasure to share this brief about 10 to 15 minute conversation with Peter, like I said, back in June when we were in the midst of that COVID and we still are, but I loved hearing his perspective and how he was tackling his fast brain. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Peter. Welcome, Peter. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation to come on my show. I am honored to be speaking with you and, and based on everything that you've been doing, this, this is quite an exciting um, interview for me. If you could give us a little bit about your story on how you found out about your ADHD. I always knew I was different. I always knew there was something weird about me. You know, it was stuff that got me in trouble growing up because ADHD didn't exist when I was a kid. What existed was, you know, sit down, you're disrupting the class disease. And uh, over time, uh, you know, in my 20s and early 30s, I started thinking about sort of what was driving me to do the things I did, why I was doing them the way I did. And at one point, I just realized, okay, you know, this, this isn't normal. It's not negatively affecting me as much as it did when I was a kid, but you know, not everyone you know, takes a flight for uh, 31 hours round trip to Tokyo just to write a book or you know, starts a new company and, and has clients in five hours. It, it, it's not normal. So what is it? And went to my, you know, asked my therapist about it. And he goes, I, it's, you know, maybe, maybe ADHD. And he goes, he goes you, you, you didn't know? Mm. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, I mean, duh. You know, <laughs> so... That was sort of a wake up to me. And, and, and over time, I realized that all the things I, would, I was doing over the course of my life that would get me in trouble or whatever, you know, were all actually very beneficial and were all helping me and were, you know, were, were a bonus. And, and, and I decided to embrace that. And here we are. That's awesome. I love the, the writing a book on a plane. I actually heard that story. You were talking, I can't remember it was in a different podcast where you mentioned this. I'm like, that is such a great idea because on huh. business trips, I used to read books and actually pay attention to the book. <laughs> That's how I got worked. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's that whole being contained, there's no distraction and you're focused. And I would say more importantly, it allows you to get into that zone which is really where I want to work, you know, where I want to be. It's where I do my best work. I go and, you know, eight hours later I wake up and I'm, you know, things are going great. Mm, can we talk about that a little bit more? How do you tap into that zone that you have? Well, for me, I find a place where I am and I find a place that works for me. And that goes to sort of the, 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 
the ability to sit down and hyperfocus, right? So I call it deep work and, you know, or zone of focus. And the premise that, that getting into that, you know, you set yourself up to, to, for success to guarantee that you're not interrupted, to guarantee that you're um, able to do what needs to be done. For me, the best way to do that is to be on a plane because no one can bother me. I can't take a walk down the street, right? I can't do whatever. So I have to just sit and work. I bring my laptop. I don't have, it's, it's you know, there's usually bad internet connectivity, so I don't even bother. I just have the computer. I sit down. I start writing. And, and you know, I, I, I look up and it's been 14 hours and we're landing in Asia. And I've, I've had a lot of water and a lot of Diet Cokes and I've peed a lot, but I have half a book written. It's, it's, you know, while other people think that's completely insane, I know that it works for me. So I really don't care what other people think. Absolutely. That, that makes so much sense. So then coming to current stage with, with this whole stay your butt at home and don't move, how has that affected your creativity or if at all? It has been brutal. I, I will not lie. It has been a bitch. When you take someone moving at a thousand miles an hour and, and put them to zero and say, okay, continue living your life. That's hell. Um, It has been really, really, really difficult. You know, I've made several adjustments that have helped. You know, I, I've always been on my bike, you know, every morning or, or running every morning to help me get through, but I've added, I've added lifting to that. I lift uh, three or four times a week now and I've seen a tremendous improvement in my muscle tone, uh, my body looks, which is great. But you know, the other, the, 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 the biggest thing for me is finding, figuring out what to do with all this free time. I have so much free time now because, you know, my day used to be on a Tuesday, I'd fly to Asia. I'd speak at a, I'd land Wednesday night, I'd speak at a conference Thursday morning, I'd fly back Thursday afternoon, and with the time change, I'd get home Thursday night. And, you know, a 45-minute speech took three days in total. And now I'm at the point where, that 45-minute speech takes me roughly 48 minutes, right? And so what the hell do I do with those other two days? So I've gotten into a lot of sort of new ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the one, um, by the way, there's a bit of a muffling in your... Uh, oops, sorry about that. That's okay. I, I saw the, the 20 minutes um, in lockdown that, that you did. Yeah. So, 20 minutes in lockdown is one thing I started. You know, another thing is I, I, I'm spending a lot of time working on how to make sure that, you know, again, taking care of myself, being healthier. I'm doing a lot of stuff with my daughter. You know, I mean, that's one of the best things. I have tremendous time with my daughter. So, you know, every day we're doing yoga classes or this or that or something. Just, you know, in the middle of, she's also going to summer class. But it's, it's the key is just, is just keeping, keeping yourself occupied and also being willing to take time and breathe you know, and enjoy the flowers, whatever. But right now, you know, someone who goes that fast, you can't just stop. So you have to figure out other ways. So it's, it's about adjustment, you know, adaptation, adaptation, adapt or die. It's very simple. Yeah. And on that note, for, for some of uh, the small business owners who've had to shift, uh, I know you run a mastermind. What what have you seen in the small business, um, medium size, that shift? How have they been able to adjust, and especially those owners or business uh, folks with with an ADHD brain? So, you know that the fast brain and everything going now pull back. So you know you have to, first thing you have to do is set expectations and understand that you're not going to come out of this 
having learned six languages and, you know, learning and know how to knit. It is very hard to do this. You know, oh, but look at how much free time you have. Yeah, but think about how much time is taken up worrying about this shit. This is brand new for us. We've never gone through this before. So, you know, so the premise of, of not, you're not going to come out of this learning six languages, but you want to come out stronger. You want to come out being able to survive. You want to come out knowing that you are and healthy and well. You don't need more than that. And I think one of the biggest problems is that people sit there and they think, oh, well, I have all this freedom. I should be doing so much. No, you shouldn't. It is very hard to survive through a pandemic, even if you have to stay home. So the best piece of advice I can give everyone is to go easy on yourself. And then the second thing is to understand that since you do have free time, figure out ways that you can fill it up. Figure out ways that you can, you know, focus on doing good things without sort of driving yourself crazy that you're not doing enough, right? You know, I, 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 I cycled for an hour this morning. I lifted for an hour. That's two hours. I'm done. That's enough. I don't need to do another hour of lifting or an hour of whatever. Just, you know, take care of yourself, right? And, 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 and do the things that allow you to take care of yourself. Eat a vegetable every once in a while. Read every once in a while. You know, do decent things that help you be a better person, both humanly, physically, everything, right? Turn off the news. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Turn off. If I could convince my parents of one thing, I wish I could convince them to turn off the, turn off the news. Yeah. yeah. You know, and just, just understand that we're, we'll get through this, but it's going to take a while. Yeah. That makes sense. I have a question around that hyperactive mind and when it's going so fast. And especially like you, you are in everything. Like I was doing research and all the things you've done, which is amazing. And I'm like, this is so cool. The point I find sometimes when I'm in that hyper uh, cognitive going, 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 I have my crash days where I just need to recharge. Oh, yeah. Some of the ways where you ground yourself from this hustle and bustle and then, okay, I need to pull the plug or pull back a bit. Six episodes in a row of King of the Hill, one large pepperoni pizza, and my couch. And that is 100% okay. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You know, the key is not to do it every single day. Yeah. Right? You know, if I'm spending five or six days on, on my Peloton and lifting, whatever, it is perfectly okay to take a day off. As a matter of fact, it's, it's required. Right? And, you know, that doesn't mean you have to sit and do nothing if you don't want to go for a walk. But you don't have to go hard 24 hours a day. You, nothing good will come out of going hard 24 hours a day. Yeah. And that is super important that people understand that because, you know, you have people, oh, I got to kick ass and I'll, I'll sleep when I'm dead and all that. And I'm like, that's just, a, that's just a recipe for disaster. And nothing, nothing good will come of that. And that's probably not what you should be doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Makes sense. I was watching one of your webinars where you talk about, you have like so many tips on, on how to manage it, how to, you know, manage it at work and so forth. How did you come up with, with your system, Peter? What was your, you know, way of finding this journey? I think a lot was trial and error. A lot was understanding sort of what worked for me in the very beginning and understanding how to make that better. A lot was also stopping caring what other people thought, right? I think one of the biggest problems is that people s spend so much time worrying about what other people think about them. They don't spend the time figuring out, hey, how can I use whatever to my advantage, right? And, and so once I stopped caring, you know, it, it didn't matter anymore. It's a big one. It's a big one. <laughs> it takes time to adjust, but I, I totally get it. It's kind of like, you know, with me shouting it at the top of the rooftop that I 
have this this different brain and it is perfectly okay to have this different brain no um, question about it awesome i have a, a one one other question i i'm always cautious of my the time that i have with my guests i don't want to take up too much of their time late in that life diagnosis i i work with, with adults who are diagnosed late in life and now at this crossroads and a whole bunch of mixed emotions mine was a liberating one i was like oh, finally i get it now some go through shame, anger, resentment, shoulda, coulda, all of that stuff. What are your thoughts to those that are late in life diagnosed? What would you want to tell them? You've been doing things all your life that have been helping you. Keep doing those. Now you have a name for it. You're, no, you're not any different just because you got diagnosed. You're, you're the same person. You just understand now what you can do better. And, and focus on that and don't care about what anyone else says. Focus on you and becoming the best you can be. You have a much, much faster brain than normal people, which is a great gift to have. I like that. Thank you for that. That, that. that actually makes a whole lot of sense because I, you know, some of them are like, well, I've been doing great things all my life. Why is it, you know, all of a sudden now this? And that makes sense. Yep. So thank you for that. Peter, it's been awesome talking to you. I, I kind of went rapid speed, asked you a whole bunch of questions. The rapid speed answered me. <laughs> I appreciate your time with me today. My pleasure. Anytime. Thank you.